Sunday evening, December 9th. Last night was UFC on Fox 5. I am here with Raf Esparza. It's time for Verbal Tap. Raf, how are you doing tonight? Very well, thank you for asking. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. We have so much to talk about. And I'm excited because this is how the show started. Every time a big night like last night would happen, which was filled with great stuff for MMA fans, guys passing out in saunas, guys calling people out in the rings, as much blood as you could possibly handle, and several of the more aggressive TKOs I've seen in a while. We have, we have a lot to talk about. Would you agree? Most definitely. And, and this is how it would go. Uh, I would uh, tell Kevin my opinion. He, I, you know, he would try and tell me his. I would entertain it, and yeah. it was it was a fine kind of dichotomy. And we said we couldn't do any worse than anybody else who has a podcast. So, dare accomplished. And if we're competitive, we're we're gonna prove we can be worse than anyone else. So, yep. so either way, here we are. Uh, Verbal Tap is the show that proves fighting is easier from outside the cage. To give everybody a rundown of tonight. Um, we're just going to talk a little bit about some of our favorite fights. We're going to go over the card that was, boy, it did not disappoint. Even the commercials of Fox <laughs> couldn't interrupt a beautiful night of MMA activity. Uh, then we're going to go around the MMA world because it's like gifts from Christmas for Christmas, I guess. Dana White is really giving us all we can handle right now. Is Dana a lot like Santa Claus? Uh, he's certainly approaching the weight threshold. Every time I see him, he looks like he's enjoying that. He does not have enough hair. He's going to have to really beef up in that category. How dare you, sir? He looks like a testicle most of the time. From behind, you would identify him. (laughs) That's what someone would say if they were typing into a sketch artist. Okay, now that we've insulted our most popular fan, uh, Dana, thanks for listening again. We really appreciate it. Are you sitting down? Oh, yeah, definitely. What? Why? Okay. I have some news. Okay. People are actually listening to this podcast. No, they're not. <laughs> you shut yes. your mouth. I can't shut my mouth. I have to speak for the people. People are listening. There's even been some tweeting, which we really appreciate. And it also led us into some new MMA sites that we didn't know about for reporting purposes. So thanks, Twitter. And It is true. Raph. Yesterday, I actually uh, tweeted on behalf of the show uh, because I am I am the responsible one in this group. Yes. And we were able to make a lot of really cool friends uh, who are now following us. We have some followers. You can follow us just to uh, uh, make it more clear. At Twitter on, I believe it's called Verbal Tap Cast. Yeah, Verbal Tap Cast, because yeah. I'm also the responsible one, and I remember the name. Well, you're in charge of the memory, yeah. uh, which <laughs> okay, is a dangerous, good. dangerous precedent. Yeah, especially uh, since I just poured an American honey-filled tumbler <laughs> it's a nice, it's a nice after dinner whiskey. Oh, uh, it's got a good touch of honey. It's almost like a Grand Marnier. So, so now you have an excuse when you ruin every name that you say, right? Absolutely. Follow us on Twitter, Verbal Tap Cast. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, we we were interacting with some uh, really cool fans. Uh, in addition to the people who are listening to us, oddly, right? Right. Yeah, one of the guys I roll with. Uh, leaned over and said that he really enjoyed the podcast. So no higher praise from the folks over at BJJ and MMA Academy. Thank you. That would be really great if he told you how much he liked the cast after choking you out. (laughs) That would be, we just provide me notes um, (laughs) and then slide them in my gi while you're, that'd be perfect. 
Well, let's get to the fights from last night. UFC on Fox 5. Uh, last podcast, I mentioned, what, do they not number these? And then apparently I just never looked at the whole title because they do, in fact, number them. This was UFC on Fox 5. Nice. Thanks for the Google search help, too. But uh, they didn't Google. really promote that. They've been no, way no, better yeah, about saying UFC on Fox 4. But this one was just like, UFC on Fox, whatever. It's catchy. Yeah. So this fight, this fight card started early on Friday morning when fighters started uh, getting knocked out uh, in the sauna. There were two fights that essentially combined into one. Which, by the way, thank you UFC. That's something unique to MMA that no other athletic event or sporting event seems to be able to replicate. When two cancellations happen and they just merge the two, mad props to both of those fighters. Yeah. Uh, and how did it start? I know Tim Means was forced from the bout after sustaining a head injury caused by what, Raph? You really... uh, was it the sauna? Yes. And in its first professional win, the sauna <laughs> knocked out Tim Means. That's the weirdest story I think I've ever... Like, I've heard of many, many reasons to not go through a fight. But if you're Tim Means, how much more pissed are you? I'm pretty upset because there's there's part of you that's also like you know there was someone someone goes in there with him. Yeah. So somebody kind of dropped the ball on their one and only job, which was to make sure he didn't bust his fucking head <laughs> on the side of the sauna. So I'm pissed if I'm Tim Means because. That's when you, you kind of need your boys. It's like, of course yeah. he's tired. He's probably onto his last. And that's what's really tough. You know how conditioned these fighters are. When they make it to that last pound, like that's when they start yeah. to get really weak. So for him to fall, he was probably pretty close to his target weight, right? Which yeah. makes it worse. <laughs> so I'd be pissed is my, my one and only reaction. And a lot of people. Uh, mostly I, the guy that was in there with me. I would say this, you know. Uh, no disrespect to his training or his camp, but I've seen members of the real world make it through a sauna and a hot tub more Injury than free. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not a uh, – there's going to be some questions I feel like that come out of that. Maybe Cage Potato will narrowly investigate it in the next few weeks. Oh, if uh, only. And we didn't get to say – we didn't get to see or say Mike Jassay – I'm pretty sure it's Chisay. I looked it up. I Googled it. I was so embarrassed after the last time. (laughs) I did a lot of Googling. Um, Chisay is forced from the bout with an undisclosed illness. (laughs) When you say undisclosed illness, it sounds like they handed him an envelope and said, what's ever affecting you is in that envelope. We don't know what it is, though. Let's open it together. Uh, no, I meant to say it as though it was like uh, something super weird because <laughs> it had to have been, right? Yeah. Forced out of the bout with an undisclosed illness is a weird way to put it. So That's going to be weird, too. Like, you know, what do you tell your family? It's like, I have some news. I've come down with an undisclosed illness. <laughs> oh, uh, my God. Oh, what? Do we do we send flowers? Like, what, <laughs> do you need support? No, it's I just undisclosed. I can't fight. It's difficult. So we did not get to see Chisay, which is kind of disappointing. I wanted to see Sad. him. You said it earlier. You're ready to call Tim Means the real winner here. Do you think the sauna was divine intervention? Yes, because did you see Abel Trujillo? That was 
an amazing performance that he had yesterday. It was an amazing performance by him and his knee. Yeah. His kneecap was the real. His kneecap was the sauna for that uh, for Marcus <laughs> Levasseur. <laughs> Maybe they should nickname his right knee just the sauna because of what it does. I watched the fight with um, an MMA referee, actually the head trainer, Andrew, uh, over at BJJ MMA Academy. He said he probably would have stopped the fight two or three knees beforehand. I mean, it's one of those ones where you're watching it and you just clutch the the side of your rib cage because it hurts so bad. No, you're totally right. I definitely was, like, protecting myself. I was in so much pain for him. (laughs) Uh, Two quick facts. Uh, One, uh, Abel had 109 strikes during that fight, and 88% of which of those strikes actually landed. Jesus. And... On Twitter, he only has 1,700 followers. I really hope that after that fight, that man earned at least another 100,000 followers because that was, that was a very impressive performance. Man, one of the most aggressive, violent TKOs I think I've, I've ever witnessed because I've never seen one stop because of body strikes. Yeah. I've never watched that fight live. Well, we've seen the highlights, but I never watched a main fight. Now, props to Marcus Levasseur for stepping in, but man, yeah. I, I think that fight should have been stopped two or three precious rib cracks and organs um, earlier because it just looked over. Like, the guy was just not protecting him, his ribs at all. Ugh. I think right now, if anything, uh, Marcus is the one that hates the sauna the most, if you really think about it. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's... Uh, Marcus is just like... Marcus is asking the same questions I am. He's like, who was in there with you? <laughs> who was in there with you? <laughs> Did you see what happened to my ribs? <laughs> so that uh, that fight obviously ends by TKO, and who um, I, that one? I, I won eight to seven on the night, by the way, Boo. for fight predictions. And Raf is putting a an asterisk next to it because of that. Correct, because um, they because combined a fight, you, the killer. I think it is only fair. That uh, your so-called win is marred, and it is not eligible for the Hall of Fame. Okay. Um, well, I don't think anyone's going to care outside of you and I, but we can definitely <laughs> debate this further. Let's uh, move on to the next fight for now. This was one of my Dennis Seaver versus Nam Fan. This was a big one. I liked Seaver because of a cooler last name. But this was a striking barrage. Dennis Seaver must have thrown more kicks and combinations per per action sequence than I think anyone ever has in the UFC. Like, he was throwing strikes as seamlessly and efficiently as I've ever seen. Now, the catch-22 is it's a featherweight, so, a featherweight, so nothing, he also is pretty white, so he's kind of a featherweight. He's, uh, he's a ginger <laughs> from Germany, so maybe the featherweight division can get started. All of our listeners, we've... please remember where you were when the name <laughs> featherweight was created. Featherweight. Mark it down, share it with your friends, <laughs> tell them about it before we trademark it and make money off of it. Well, that ought to take care of the other people that listen to the show this week. They'll be sure not to from now on. Kevin, not you're so got dumb. Beat. I hope for Christmas that you are asking for the gift of literacy. <laughs> me, yeah, me too. I, I mean, I read at a sophomore to junior level, college. 
by the way, not just That's high not school. That's not true. So, no, it's not. I don't. I can't. So let's move on to Crickshanks versus Martinez. You that liked, was an awesome fight. You liked Crankshake because it sounds like that. Yes. Um, and we both did because we also have both seen his thighs. And you know who else has seen his thighs? Uh, Henry, would it be Martinez. Henry Martinez. <laughs> yes. You watched that? Head Henry kick? Martinez. I joked about this on, on the Twitter last night. I said, you know, after watching him continuously come through on an attack in the fight, it's no wonder the UFC is a prime real estate for horror movies to promote their films. <laughs> because that guy came like Jason for the first That's- round. That's pretty clever. And yeah, man. you just saw Crankshank just laying into him. And even kind of like <laughs> measuring his his moments and, and taking his time. And this guy just like, Martinez just had this look in his eye. It's like, okay, I'm coming back. And by Did the time he was finally done, arm? you go, thank God. <laughs> his arm stayed up. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. And that, that only added to the beauty of the situation. It's like his body completely took over. Yeah. Because he got knocked so hard yeah. unconscious that he had practically already woken up by the time he hit the ground. He got kicked as hard as anyone could possibly get kicked in the face. Like, And did you see Crickshanks like, laugh afterwards? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he had this smile like... Defeated. It felt <laughs> amazing. When he finally yeah. got the kick in, and just that moment of utter happiness, his his hand just raised. He didn't even wait for him to hit the mat after he kicked him. He just yeah, knew no, that he, was it. I actually like that. He didn't even like go in and tap him with three or four extra elbows. It was just over. It was Dunsies. Like, did you? Oh man, we'll get to Edwards and Stevens, but yeah. talking about extra elbows. So let's go back down to our favorite nickname of the night: uh, Scott Jorgensen versus oh, Prince Albert, John Prince Albert. This was actually a, a pretty cool last-second decision. I'm sorry, a last-second choke. He he choked the hell out of him. Jorgensen had a hold of Prince Albert and. Uh, finished with that piercing gun began. Just took him right down. <laughs> it, uh, was, it was actually... You saw the tap right before the second lapsed? It was rough. It, it was hard. Like, you you hate for anybody when they're in the cage to, like, lose in that kind of fashion where if he had just stuck on for a half second longer, mm-hmm. he would have made it to the next round. Uh, but, I mean, Jorgensen, when he got caught in that triangle, that was some amazing defense that he was doing. I was yeah, really impressed I was, by it. I was terrified Prince Albert was going to win. And I was talking about it pretty loudly at the party. I was like, damn it. I really hope he doesn't make it. And then uh, Jorgensen escapes and just brings it on. And Albert, like, you could see it. He clearly tapped. I was really proud of the referee, too, for not not kind of wussing out. It was really good. Yeah. No, and I, I will say this, too. You know, we didn't mention this during the last time. Uh, Jorgensen fights out of a place called Combat Fitness. And uh, I freelance over for Studio MMA, which is a website that uh, promotes and discusses the MMA as well. And they are some folks who actually started their own gym as an offshoot. So they did their own, like, uh, not-for-profit cool. kind of gym that they've, like, created for themselves. So I was actually really happy to, to see him do so well and our good friends over at MMA Movement uh, to get a nice moment to watch Jorgensen win. 
Well, that's awesome. Congrats yeah. to the, the friends over at MMA Movement. No, that is yeah. cool. And it was a good, it was a really good, it was high-level jiu-jitsu by the end of that match. So, Well, it's always um, one of those things where you see the triangle happen and you go, okay, it's good he's being calm. It's still yeah. not, you know, it's still not where he needs it to be, but he, he just powered out of it and, and did well. That was great. I was impressed. Yeah, and then he just sunk in the choke. It was uh, it was good. Yeah. Um, let's go up to the lawyer, Joe Proctor, versus Ramsey Nehem. This was another great fight. Yeah. This fight was awesome. It's so awesome, I forgot who I was rooting for because... You were technically rooting for Proctor, and I yes. was rooting for Nehem, but the same happened to me. About a round and a half in, I found myself being like, man, Proctor brought it tonight. Yeah, and then I realized... Uh, my instinct was right, and no disrespect to Ramsey, but I wanted to call him uh, Ramsey Nimjami. And uh, why? Yeah, I should have gone with that. That was my first instinct. If I can yeah. come up with a stupid name for the person, I realize I should just go for them. Oh, that was your. That was the whole point of that. That was your criteria. Okay. Yeah, well, man, speaking of stupid names for people and going with them, Rafael Asenseo. You went with him because his name's Rafael, and he. This was a super boring fight, by the way. I thought this was, like, the most boring fight on the card. That's probably true. And I think and it wasn't Rafael, bad. This would no. have been a second great fight versus on the last card. But on this one, it was it was just fine. The thing I, I appreciate, much like other Rafaels, uh, he, he was really calm. And it was almost too calm that it made the, the fight just that much more boring. But for his purpose... Uh, there was a certain stillness to, like, he knew exactly how to get Easton's timing and just made him look foolish by the end of the fight. Couldn't agree more. Not only made him look foolish, made him look slow. Yeah. Really took away his size advantage with, that he normally has and just picked him apart from the outside. And it just looked like Easton couldn't figure out how to get past his – he just couldn't get past his fists. You know the funniest part about Easton? So his nickname's The Hulk. And did you remember the moment he got need? Yes. And he gets kneed in the groin, and even Joe well, and Goldberg were both need. like, just go, was he need though? From this yeah. angle, who knows? <laughs> and even as they're kind of capping on him, it sends Joe Rogan into like a QVC rant about the right type of cups. He then went on oh a rant talking God. about he high cups. He said testicles on yeah. air. Yeah. Yeah, what was he talking about? The Muay Thai? It's a Thai cup, apparently. That he then equated and said it tied up like a G-string. I know exactly what you're talking about. I even put in my phone, I was like, must talk to rap. <laughs> Is Joe Rogan going on a 27-minute why you should change your cup speech in the middle yep. of this fight? It was one of those holier-than-thou moments, and Rogan was just going for it. And, you know, whether he's right or not is fine, but it's just the thing that I took away from that moment was not just the QVC commercial but it was Easton's reaction when he did get need. That split second after, he thought he would just like they said he was gonna like Hulk out of it, but he literally just went woo, woo, and I yeah, never yeah, seen. Yeah, he didn't it. look like he got angry. He looked like he was just really thankful yeah. it didn't hurt. And I just love. I've never seen a reaction like that ever in the UFC. Just woo, <laughs> woo. Yes. My nuts is fine. <laughs> Yeah, but decision unanimous. I didn't disagree with it. I thought no. he lost uh, pretty healthily. I, I, my only complaint was just knock him out, Raphael. Come on, man. Speaking of some guy that was taking that advice, Yevs Edwards violently beats down K1. 
commits a reverse hate crime on Jeremy <laughs> Stevens. Just beat him endlessly. Hits him with three or four elbows because the referee, again, the referees were two for two on not stopping these fights in time. Like, this guy was out. He was not defending himself. Yeah. And you could even see Yevs was like, I mean, all right, I'll hit him with another elbow if that's what it's going to take to end <laughs> this fight. Don't make me, all right. <laughs> okay, fight done. Uh, what do you think of Yevs Edwards? Are you excited to see where this guy goes next? Okay, yes. And I forgot something. Uh, when we were doing our picks. One, you know, my natural inclination was to go for Edwards. Uh, but stupidly, just to, you know, go against you, I went with him. Yeah. And then I remembered immediately later that night, he is the pastor of Thug Jitsu. What? That is, he has a Twitter handle, Thug Jitsu That's Master. his Twitter handle name? Yes. Boy, Raffern's his money this week. Yep. His Twitter handle name is... Pastor, I'm sorry, what'd you say? Thug Jitsu Master. Thug Jitsu Master. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I first of all, I've never been happier with a pick in my life. But second, what is is he a crazy person? Is he a lunatic? Does he not know. know what that means? And what is Thug Jitsu? What the hell is Thug Jitsu? Is it just uh God, we gotta have Yevs Edwards on the show. You know what you do for um, Thug Jitsu? You use the strength of your opponent's bullets against them. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's commonly done on the streets of LA, but I guess you can't take it in the octagon. I can't really tell you much about it, but um, no, yeah, and I don't want to know much about it. I live in a pretty nice bubble. Uh, you free do of Thug Jitsu. Well, you you live in the nicest of all bubbles in the feather white category. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the featherweight division. Uh, yep. it's my, those are my favorite fights. Uh, I would yes, also like Edwards. to mention this with with Edwards. It was not just the like the initial hit. It's like you said, it was the follow up elbow. It was a mean. It was direct <clears throat> elbow. Like just knocked him clean out. Yeah, I was I was thoroughly impressed by it. I, I, <laughs> I it's one of those one, those fights where you go, you know, I didn't pick you. And I was wrong not to. <laughs> it was my fault, <laughs> not yours. No, I do know exactly what you mean. Because uh, I had one of those moments when I saw our next fight. Matt Brown knocks Mike Swick out quickly. Yeah. Uh, the Mike the Quick Swick went down. I was so well, nervous for, for Swick. Can I say that fall almost looked like it was like going to be a million-dollar baby fall? Ooh. Because he was heading straight into the the side of the cage, uh, that little post, and just the like falling action that he did looked like it he could go straight into that. And I, ah, it's just ah, it was awful. But it was an awesome punch. It was. It was. It was a good fight. Like the fight was action packed again. This was like I was really stoked. This was the start of this card because it was just like wow. At first I was worried. I watched all the prelims. I'm like I don't know if they're gonna be able to keep that pace. And then it was like Matt Brown and Mike Swick heard me and were like, we got this, and just yeah. went to town on each other. Yeah. Just immediately go. And I know there wasn't a lot of exchanges in that first round, but they were still fighting and they were going for it. Like you could see the. I was. Uh, I think this is a big moment for Matt Brown. I think he's gonna get a good next fight. Yeah, no, he should. Uh, I've, was... I've always been a fan of his, so I was really happy to see that. Yeah, and I'm also not the only one that was mocking his Immortals tattoo. Who Everyone, else was? I, Cage Potato was. Like, there was there was also a little snippet underneath UFC.com that was like, 
Matt the Immortal wins. Now, no one's technically killed him, so we can't put his nickname to the test to see <laughs> if it's been validated. But there's just a lot of that. A lot of nice tattoo, man. It's, uh, well, the, the other thing I remember at one point, Hulk Hogan referred to himself as the Immortal. And I think that was the moment where I go, I don't think that's a good nickname. I'm just <laughs> going to put it not, out there. And if you saw the movie The Immortals, you know it's a terrible movie name. Yes. It certainly was, was. Oh, God. I like stupid fight movies as much as the next person, but that was one of the worst pieces I've seen in a really long <laughs> piece of shit movie. I'm sorry. So, big big lesson is guys, don't use The Immortal as a nickname. And if you nope. do, don't tattoo it across your navel, is all yep. we're asking. Uh, next fight, absolutely no surprise during the fight, but a little bit of a surprise after the fight. Rory McDonald defeats BJ Penn by decision. I thought he was going to knock him out. He should have knocked him out. He probably would have made more of a statement if he had knocked him out, but apparently he had another statement to make. Uh, well, Raff. yeah. So at the end of it, uh, Rory McDonald, you know, Joe Rogan goes in to talk to him, and he's like, how do you feel about knocking out BJ Penn, the legend? And Rory takes the mic, goes, Joe... I have something I need to talk about. And then does like a a pivot where he doesn't move his body, just his head toward the camera. And just says, Carlos Condit, you beat me once and you're a joke and I want my rematch. And my girlfriend just looks at me and he goes, did somebody tell him this isn't WWE? Like, you're not <laughs> supposed to just directly speak into the camera as if you're talking to that person. <laughs> And it was the weirdest thing, like, I've been doing all day now. Like, I haven't been pivoting my body at all to talk to people. I've just been moving my head very slowly to answer people. He looked like a psychopath. Yeah. Hey, first of all, I don't like it when they do this. I don't like it when they call people out like this. But if you're going to do it, you have to call out the current champion. Otherwise, you look like an idiot. Yeah. Like, if you if you are going to take your moment, whatever, fine, Rory. No one liked you beforehand. We were just pretty sure you were going to win the fight. You've been a D all all <laughs> week long. Didn't you think, like, don't you have to call out the champion? Do you really want to call out the guy the champion just beat? Well, And the guy maybe that in this didn't situation. get announced as the next best? Like, what yeah. are you talking about? Why are you calling out Carlos Condit? Maybe it's because he just trained with GSP, though. What's that? So, yeah, what does he that just matter? trained with GSP. Uh, well, because GSP has no love for the BJ Pen. Interesting. Uh, the other thing uh, I well, thought that first was first of all, I'm happy to see Carlos Condit beat the ever living shit out of Roy McDonald, which he will, by the way. Sure. I don't care if he's asking for a rematch. <laughs> he looked like a psychopath, and I, he should get hit in the face again. I was just entertained by the the turn and pivot of the head. Uh, what I was not <laughs> excited about the cheerleader move was really the the destruction of G- BJ Penn. That was that was so rough to watch. Yeah, but it's exactly what you kind of expected, of course. But you know, we talked about this during the last podcast. BJ Penn saying it lit a fire under him. Uh, you know, we didn't ask if that was a fire to make more burritos. Like we weren't really specific we were, on what kind we of fire. Were not Maybe we specific. Was, but, were you just having like a whole hour long s'mores session? It was like it lit a fire. <laughs> s'mores is completely underneath right my desire for s'mores. But I was just—it's one of those fights where at the end uh, in the press conference, Dana White said he would like to see 
BJ Penn retire, which is usually code for you're I'm retired. not booking you anymore. Yeah. I I don't know. And it was one thing to see BJ Penn come out. I just thought from the get-go he looked nervous. And you could just see the size difference the entire time. Yeah, he he was. I mean, he can't fight at that. He cannot fight at one seventy. No, that's not happening. That's no. not his fight class. Like, if he wants to drop down to one fifty five, that's fine. He's not fighting at one seventy. No, it was it was disappointing to see it because I hate when fighters go out like that who have had amazingly exciting fights, and yeah. it became a recurring theme for the rest of the night was the changing of the guard. I couldn't he- stop hearing this enough all the way outside of of MMA straight into uh, the boxing match yesterday. Yeah, well, you're taking us directly into our next fight, which is this uh, changing of the guard. Is Marcia Shogun Rua done after decision? And this was a unanimous decision. Like, it's a credit to Rua's chin more than anything else. Alexander the Mauler Gustafsson, shout out, Sweden. This guy picked the Mauler because that is a violent nickname, and I'm a huge fan of his. Yeah. How you feeling? Did you watch that unbelievable beating? Uh, no, I mean, let's put it this way. I thought in that first round, uh, Shogun came out really determined to try and make the difference between the reach. I think he had a great game. Um, it was a really clever game plan that they put together for him, and, and he was executing it pretty well. It was a nice amount of uh, close the distance, try and get a great shot in, cover up immediately. It seemed like that was the whole repetition. Uh, second round, Gus is just using his size advantage and just picking him apart, and it just started frustrating him. So that by the third round, you had Shogun pretty much uh, defeated in that round. Yeah. Uh, Gustafsson was, uh, he was unrelenting, though. Like, he just... I agree. I mean, I thought the fight was over about three minutes in. You could tell Shogun didn't have an answer. He didn't have an answer for the quickness. And I'm excited to see Alexander fight some more people because uh, that guy's got some size. No, he's he's going to be an exciting fighter. And it sounds like they have plans for him. Were you expecting him to look that good, though? Uh, you know, I thought I thought he would be a good fight for Shogun. Um, I thought this is one of those cases where Shogun's experience might have shone through. Um, and maybe helped him a little bit more. So it, it carried him to a decision so that he didn't go out uh, just cold like that. But I I was very impressed by uh, Gustafsson. I thought it was a great performance. Mm, man, me too. I'm excited to see what's next for him. Great light heavy. And uh, what I liked the most is how much better he looked. He yeah. looked like he genuinely went to the, the the drawing board, said, what are the two or three things I really need to augment about my game? Let's get more aggressive. Because yeah. you know he likes fighting on the ground, and this fight didn't really go to the ground. And Shogun, I mean, Shogun's the man. Like, Shogun's still not messing up. He he looked a little young, he looked a little old, excuse me, in this one, but yeah. I think that was more credit to the mauler. Because yeah. uh, Shogun just, he just looks slow, though. He looks slower. He looked like he was fighting at a different speed. I think that's the, you know, if you're talking about the common thread between him and BJ, I, I at least admired that he was still in the fight. BJ's was the type that was the slow that you said, this shouldn't be happening anymore. Shogun, you're that's like, true. That's this, true. he just can't cut the distance. Like, it's just, it's tough. I'm willing it's, to concede it's a tough fighter. they certainly were not in the same category. I would see Rua fight five or seven more times. Yeah. I, I could easily see him still having five to seven more fights in the tank. Um, but Penn looked done. 
Yeah. And and I don't know. It it's a fight where you think if that's one of his last fights, I hate to see it go out like that. Yeah. That's all I got. Well let's move on to our final fight of the evening before we take a little break because we've got something exciting for uh the listeners on the other half of this show. Do An we? interview with one of the fighters that was in the main card. I'm not going to say which one. I'm not going to say he might have augmented the broadcast in several ways with certain hand gestures. Wait, you're not going to give away too many hits. But he might be on the line, and uh, we're going to interview him. You haven't even told me who it is. No, because you're not. I'm going to silence you during the thing. I don't want you in there messing with him. You're just going to hang out in the background. Um, I'll turn you back on after he leaves. You're such a dick. I only have two ways to do this. I'm putting this together on my own computer. You know, you gotta you gotta cut corners, um, and I'm gonna use that as an excuse for now. Benson Henderson defeats Nate Middlefinger Diaz <laughs> in a unanimous decision. That man, if you haven't listened to Raph's opinion on this fight, I'm gonna give you real kudos again. You're two for two on calling exactly how the main card will end. Uh, you said Benson Henderson has a skill about him that he understands exactly what he has to do to win the fight. There was no greater display of that than last night. He yeah. looked like he knew exactly what he had to do to win the fight and did that to a T. Yeah, I would say probably the, the thing that was most impressive to me that I would like actually like to curtail from our last podcast is to say that I thought that uh, Benson had a performance that wasn't the calculated fight he had with uh, Frankie Edgar. I thought that yesterday's performance was indicative of a champion. You know, he fought a good fight. He knew how to curb a lot of respect to Nate Diaz's great jiu-jitsu. And there were some times when Nate Diaz was going for about 19 footlocks. Yeah. And he just found a way to exhibit some great defense in that it was very respectful of that knowledge but knowing that if he was going to try for a sweep or if he was going to try to offensively try and pull off a move all he had to do was just beat his face in a little bit more with a great amount of reach that he had man he did that too he did a great job fighting off a lot of the jiu-jitsu with a great blend of technique and just fists to the face and do you remember the moment when he pulled a jean-claude van damme what do you mean by a Polish? Oh, when he did the splits. Yes. yes. The whole I, the whole crowd, we were just like seven, ten of us watching, something like that. All of us were just like, oh, damn. Like every guy made <laughs> the exact same noises. They like drew their legs as close as they could together. <laughs> My girlfriend says, wait, so that's something you have to be able to do too? The splits if you're a fighter? I go, it probably helps now that you've seen <laughs> sure that. It's, it's not like on the card. It's not mandatory. But yeah, I mean, I guess... You know, that's going to be a bullet point going forward. <laughs> what is Jean-Claude On the, the tail of the tape. It. That's hilarious. I had this recurring bit when I was a kid that Jean-Claude Van Damme <laughs> just does the splits just to, like, get his keys he go- in the kitchen. He goes into, like, Sweet Frog and, like, stands on, like, <laughs> the, the different tips while like, he's getting his order filled. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's good. So... My big knock against Benson Henderson is that he doesn't finish fights, but I will say I don't think it was for lack of trying this time. Like, he looked like he wanted to knock Diaz's head off. Yeah. He looked angry, and he looked terrifying because his crazy Palomalu hair got everywhere. (laughs) 
I saw so many things on Twitter that were just talking about his hair. Cut your fucking hair, man. Come on. No, it was good. It was a good fight. I thought Henderson really looked like a champ. Uh, I think he's going to get knocked out soon. I think he's going yeah. to. Who's that guy? Um, who's second now? He was on that last fight with Edgar, and um, he fought him in the WEC. I can't remember his name. That's awesome. You're talking about uh, the Cowboy? Maybe. Um, I'm talking about somebody he fought in the that last card. Like uh, He's well-known. Donald Cerrone. Yeah, the Cowboy. Yeah. Looking forward to that fight. I'm really looking forward yeah, to that no. one because uh, Cerrone's looks pretty <laughs> devastating. But just someone that, that has big punch power. Diaz doesn't. Like, Diaz looked like someone that literally, he's just not as good at anything as Benson Henderson. Like, Benson Henderson just looked like he was better at everything Diaz wanted to do. He was better at hitting him. He was better at wrestling him. He was better at takedowns. He was better on the ground. He just looked like he was everywhere. I think it's one of those things where you watch uh, Henderson fight and you just have a great amount of respect for knowing, like, it was a great game plan. And even when he was in troubled situations, uh, I personally, like, I hate seeing footlocks in the UFC. Yeah. Uh, I just, it's not that Anthony I don't Pettis. like It's Anthony Pettis. That's yeah. who I want to see him fight. Anthony Pettis, okay. not Donald Cerrone. I'm sorry, it was Pettis who's been winning by devastating knockout and beat Henderson in WEC 53. That's what I was trying to figure out. I was like, wait, where is he going with this? I was like, my most, uh, my biggest memories of the WEC and that was with the Cowboys. So yeah, no, you're totally right. Donald Cerrone's name is right above it in the Wikipedia flash dance I just did. But Anthony Pettis is right underneath it. Let's let's have a moment for that. You did a Wikipedia flash dance. I do them daily, but we had a real moment where I was trying to make it happen hot <laughs> and do the because as you could tell, this is a good time to let the audience know we don't do like a ton of research. We feel it stifles our creativity, and as a comedic enterprise, we're trying to. You know, I can't even say this bullshit out loud. I'm sorry, I can't even. I I would just like to say um, I don't know what your deal is. But I have a health condition. I'm actually allergic to research. Yes, that sounds just as reasonable as mine about the comedic BS. So we do a little bit of research, but because of Raph's health condition and my not wanting to stifle my creative genius, uh, we come together with uh, a lot of on-the-spot news. So that was good. I feel like it's good we let everybody in on that. And that's a great way to punctuate the first half of this card. Um, and by card, I mean podcast. <laughs> by and large... We should always refer to our podcast as We cards. should. We should. We'll be like, this is Verbal Tap, Verbal Tap 3. Uh, yeah. Better than Verbal Tap 2. We're just like the UFC because we're numbering things. Because they are a verbal fight. So, Boom. I don't know. I, I approach this with just as much training as you do. Yeah. We are professionals in our own right. We have our own system Correct. and process. Uh, rarely involves a sauna, which is to our benefit because, you know, no chance of slippage. So, with nope. that, we will take a quick break. I might play a little noise in here um, while we get Nate Diaz on the phone. Are you shitting me? No. It's going to be Nate Diaz. And I'm not going to be. Absolutely not.
We are back. Verbal tap. Making the fights look so much easier outside the cage. I have with me, coming off a tough, tough beat, unanimous decision, ladies and gentlemen, Nate Diaz. How are you feeling tonight, Nate? Yeah, uh, thank you very much for having me, Kevin. It's a dishonor to be a part of this program. How's your eye? You know, my eye's good. You know, I can see out of it. It's like, you know, I see shapes and stuff. It, you know, oh, that's good. good. That's good. I'm, yep. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. So we're going to get right to the question on everybody's, everybody's mind. Why were you flipping Benson off? Well, you know, it's just like I don't, I don't respect him as a human being. You know, it's like I, I see yeah. what he stands for, and it's like God and, like, not weed. So I'm like, I just disrespect you. It's how I, I, I say you know, Definitely. I don't. I don't really like what you're about. Yeah, and talk us through the specific motivation when he knocked you down. Like you're on your back, and you're still flipping him off and telling him to come to you. What was that? What did that mean? Yeah, it's because he was scared of me. Oh, wait. What? He was scared of you. That's why you were on your back telling him to come to you. Yeah. Basically, what happened was I like saw him and I was like, "Yo." Why are you not taking this to the ground? Wait, you a little scared bitch. And he was like, <laughs> he was like, yeah, you know, sorry, Nate. Um, I'm kind of a scared bitch. And I was like, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, we didn't, we couldn't hear that on UFC Fox. We couldn't hear him say, I'm a scared bitch. I'm really upset. That would have been really nice for all of us. Uh, when, speaking of, you mentioned earlier, when did you give up marijuana for this fight? Two or two months out, three months? What? Uh, Mar- I'm assuming you were drug tested. You Did you give up marijuana at all for this fight? Yeah, I gave up marijuana, but I'm still on weed. <laughs> okay, so I can I think I see where the problem is. They're, those are the same, Nate. What? Uh, marijuana and weed are the same thing. Yeah, well, I got news for you. Guess what? In Washington, it's one and the same, and it's legal, biatch. Uh, where do you live? Don't you, don't you live in California? Have you not heard of any Diaz? Ever in your life, it's the two hundred nine till I die, bitch. Uh, okay, so there's a few. What's next? There's a few speculations out there. You might be done. Are you going to keep fighting in the UFC? What's uh, what's going on? Oh, hell no, no. I'm going to come back strong on the next fight. Um, you know, basically, I'm just going to wait uh, for whoever pisses me off. I'm going to be like, yo, I don't <laughs> like you, and then Dana White's going to like tell me who I'm fighting. That's what's going nice. To Okay, so who do you think that should be? Do you have an idea about your next opponent? I don't care who it is. You know what I mean? It's like, you could put me in front of you. I'd fight you right now. You want to fight? Is that what's going down? Uh, If it'll boost our ratings, I'd be willing to pop in there for a few rounds. I should mention I have a sizable weight difference. Yeah, that's okay. Guess what? What? I don't care. (laughs) I'll fight you right now. I don't even give a shit. 209 to a die. 209 till you die. Nate Diaz, the poet. Any thought in this? I Can I throw a, a weird idea past you? See how you feel about it? That depends. Okay. I'll just give it a try and we'll see what happens. Any thought into appealing to Dana White in the UFC for a tag team MMA division where in which you and your brother just take people on that you find on the street, in bars, wherever? Yeah, me and Nick talk about this all the time. The only problem is if we go and do Are this. Are you kidding me? Oh, you yeah, guys we... talk about this? Yeah, man. You... I thought I just made it up. This is great to hear. No, you're stupid. Okay, no, the way it works is, like, when you want weed, you talk about everything. But like <laughs> Everything. I've heard that. 
Yeah. Um, basically, I, I like talked to him and I said, you know, we should do this. And he said, yeah. And I go, okay, but the only problem is, is that we got to be like Demolition and like the Road Warriors. And the only problem is I want to be Hawk and he wants to be the other one. Yeah. I don't know what most of that means and I have a feeling most people won't, but I mostly get, I, you know, I like the cut of your jib, Nate. We really appreciate you. You're important to MMA. You know, I'm, any, I'm flipping you off right now. You just can't see it. That's why I I've, like podcasts. Because <laughs> um, because people can't see your... That's right. It's how I express myself. But you know what? I, I like that other guy that you got on this show. I think he's real good. Oh, do you? You listen to the first two, so you like Raph? Yeah, of course. Like all the fighters. You don't think there's a slight racial difference into what you're... You know what? I'm not going to accuse you of anything. You, you seem like an open guy. You know, it's different. I guess, you know, it's probably more racist that it comes from you, especially being a feather white. You know what I mean? (laughs) Oh, I forgot you were already listening in. It's so great to have you, ladies and gentlemen. The one, the only, Nate Diaz. Let's have a big round of applause for Nate Diaz. Yeah, fuck you. 209 till I die. 209 till he dies. Thanks, Nate. Yeah, we just uh, we like to call in and get the fighters that are happening. Um, so that was Nate Diaz, fresh after his loss, UFC on Fox Five. You've got Raf and I. I'm bringing Raf back for a little segment we like to call "Around the MMA World." Hello, hey, hey, hi, I'm back. What's up? What's up? How did the interview go? It was one of the most introspective moments I've ever had with Nate Diaz, though he did threaten to fight me. <laughs> it's about time. Yeah, so uh, I might have ex- taken the fight. I might have accepted it. Dude, you're going to lose. Why would you do that? Uh, I'm all about ratings, and if I have to get knocked out by Nate Diaz to uh, get the people in the door, that's what I'm going to do. I get to be your corner man, right? Obviously, because yes. we're going to have like verbal tap podcast sh- gear. <laughs> that's all we're going to do. That's all we're going to advertise. <laughs> It'll be great. I'll just act like I'm going to knock him down, and then when he lays down, I'll make sure I just don't come go anywhere near him. We'll get all the advertising time we want. That's going to be perfect. Yeah. This is sound business models. I don't know why. We should teach this. This is crazy. Uh, we will one day. Around the MMA, we've got some topics we want to talk about. I'm going to just go through four, um, and then we'll start at the top. We're going to ESPN this. Siegel versus Couture. I think you know what I'm talking about. The Mauler vs. Jones, just because I can't have a podcast about MMA without John Jones' name involved. GSP vs. The Other Diaz, can't wait for that interview. And our first, the announcement of our first female UFC main event. Let's get it started at the top. You want to take us through this Seagal couture nonsense? You've been following it on pins and needles. I know you have. This is the best news I, I've read all week. <laughs> You did update me two or three times throughout the week on how this was going. You were really a journalist on this one. You went back and forth. You asked the tough questions. I mean, what better lead into a story than Steven Seagal and Randy Couture are going to get into a fight? Uh, You know what? I really cannot think of one. I mean, I really can't. I mean, here's the thing. Would you want to see that fight? We already killed Bin Laden. Would you so want to see no that fight? Headline. Yeah, of course I want to see that fight. I want to watch that fight right now. It was amazing to to watch it. And so it got picked up. The way it worked was um, 
Randy Couture, in joking, when somebody was asking him if he'd ever be in the cage again, said that he would come back, but only to fight Steven Seagal, uh, famed uh, size a bull, uh, martial arts practitioner, Steven Seagal. Yeah. But there he would have to be movie in the 90s. no referees and no witnesses. <laughs> which is a great twist on it. And to which Seagal took offense. Well, uh, reportedly. Uh, yeah, so reportedly. news articles were actually picking up the fact that like Steven Seagal was, was taken aback and said, you know, I would only fight him, but it would have to be with no witnesses. And, like, was actually saying it. So people who were reading just to read on the base level didn't know it was a joke. And that he actually proved he has a sense of humor about that. I thought that was amazing. To our defense, to the world's defense, we did not know until this exact moment Steven Seagal had a sense of humor. Outside of that show he did called Lawman, it was hard to tell he was kind of comedically inclined. Okay, have you ever heard his singing career? Well, oh yeah, no, only because you sent me no less than three links to various albums he's done that are displayed on YouTube. Listen, you haven't lived until you've heard Fire Down Below. That's true. I would say that to the audience. You have not lived until you have started listening to Fire Down Below. I just it's did. good stuff. Yeah, you did. So, so I mean, so, in, in my mind, I'm just saying. Could you imagine the setup, though? Like, just entertain the premise for a little while. Who wins, Steven Seagal or Randy Couture? Go. We do, getting to watch it. Um, but there's I'm no witnesses. Take... Do you not miss that part? Oh, come on. These two are both... Mo- okay, who wins? I, I'm i going to take Steven Seagal. Why? I, d- I don't know. Because when you demand that the fight happens with no witnesses... It's because you're terrifying. And I kind of feel like Randy Couture would enter it as a joke, and then all of a sudden he's just going to get hit in the face like once. <laughs> and did you watch the movie Fire Down Below? Have you seen the right chop that Steven seen... Seagal uses to devastate people three and seven times his size? <laughs> I have seen every Steven Seagal movie ever created. Period. And you're telling me, who are you taking? Um, well, you know, I'd hate to agree with you, but I think you do have to take Steven Seagal. First of all, Steven Seagal is the fight whisperer. This is noted fact in MMA. He did help. He's helped, uh, noteworthy fighters, Loyota Machita. A little up-and-comer named Anderson Silva that I think has a real future at the 185-pound division. And he's taken credit for wins. Yeah, he has. He actually does take credit for wins. That's, that is a weird thing that we've... Why is he taking credit for wins? Like, he's never been in anybody's corner. Well, he's helped them out a lot. And the best part is, whatever he's done, uh, the fighters, like, say exactly what he say verbatim. Like, Anderson Silva gave credit to him for the front kick. Like, Steven Seagal, to Anderson Silva's mind, invented the front kick. That's great. Uh, I will say this. uh, One of our (laughs) followers, very funny guy, uh, by the name of MMA Roasted which is a very funny Twitter uh, run by comedian Adam Hunter, uh, had this really funny tweet that he put out uh, yesterday. He said that uh, our good friend, Mr. Means, yeah, uh, he said Steven Seagal just took credit for teaching the sauna how to knock out Tim Means. 
That's pretty good. That's a pretty funny joke. <laughs> that is funny. Okay, so we're both taking Seagal. What do you think about the next topic I proposed? The Mauler versus Jones. Versus Jones. Mm-hmm. That's the next fight, isn't it? After, I'm sorry, I think I'm slightly looking past Chael Sonnen because it's laughable <laughs> that he's even going to step in the octagon against John Jones. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, that's that's for ratings. And if you, you can't get that part, then you just don't understand the game. And it's fine if you don't like that it's for ratings, but it's part of the game. No, and I, as much as I'm bitching about it, like I love Chelsea and I love John Jones, and I can't wait to watch that season of The Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. That's the real winner in this. Yep. It's almost like they just don't have the coaches fight at the end. I get the point, but just pick the two most broad-appealing coaches that don't like each other yep. don't necessarily have them fighting at the end. Because I'm not sure it adds as much as they think it does in The Ultimate Fighter. Right. Uh, so that's one of those times where it's like, I'd rather just know that John Jones is fighting the Mauler. You know what? Maybe have, like, Chael Sonnen fighting that night, too, and have the Mauler helping Chael Sonnen and help Chael Sonnen help it. Whatever you need to do. We just... We can't... It's hard to get behind the idea that Chael Sonnen deserves this fight. Agreed. So, Gustafsson... The Mauler, I think uh, I think he's the most logical heir apparent to fighting Jones. He might have to fight one more time in there. He might not. I think they've been talking know, about uh, another fight before he gets that fight, though. With Machida? Is that what I saw? Uh, I think that was in early discussions. And that'd be a fun fight. It would be, um, but we haven't seen Machida look good in a little while. Well, it's kind of one of those up elevator, down elevator moments. And hopefully we catch him in the middle and we get a good fight. That's, isn't that what you want someone to say about your career? It's one of those up elevator, down elevator moments. It's the easiest kick analogy you, the you can come up with on the fly. That. He would hit you so hard. Um, let's go on. Diaz is fighting GSP. <laughs> what is your reaction to that? That Nick Diaz gets the fight against GSP? A little disappointed. A little, you're a little disappointed. Well, I nearly if, started crying out of anger <laughs> when I saw this BS. Let's be real; okay. you cry over anger almost every day, but two or three times a day. It's what my therapist says is a healthy expression of my emotions. Agreed. You think, and the audience should know, I have a personal love affair with Carlos Condit. Gross. Um, well, sure, but. Carlos Condon deserves a fight against GSP, obviously, before Nick Diaz does. Do we agree or not agree on that? Yeah, I agree. You're so passive about this. You think uh, this doesn't infuriate me. It infuriates me that we now have to prolong the Anderson Silva GSP match and the only redeemable quality about this is is if we get the fight that you'd like to see which is Anderson Silva versus John Jones and mm-hmm. there are people saying and again I hate when that phrase is uttered but there have been some talk of that and I think now they're starting to say that both parties are receptive in a certain way to it so take that for what you will don't they have to be like, at a certain point, isn't that going to be the bird magic matchup we never got? Yeah. Because both of them are more committed. We were talking about this last night as a group. Like, uh, GSP is not on their level. He just isn't. The way he's never ended people the way they end people. Like, those two end fights. Yeah. 
that's part of why I'm, you know, I'm kind of excited about the idea of, to get back to the original topic, but I love that we, we chase these rabbit holes. It's part of what makes the show fun. Uh, let's go back to, just, Mahler is an exciting up-and-coming fighter in that, in that weight division, and that weight division is dominated by guys that might be past their prime. Yeah. So it, it is probably time for some new, exciting blood to come in. Right, we, and size-wise, it's just nice to see someone that is not going to walk in there and get dwarfed yeah. by John Jones's size. And I don't think Gustafsson, Gustafsson's got a nice reach on him. He's going to be, uh, he's going to be good to go when it comes time to, uh, step in the ring, a cage against him. Yep. Maybe around show seven, I'll stop doing that. We'll see how that goes. You were telling me, uh, I honestly didn't even see this. They have signed on the first female UFC main card event. That is correct. Do you know uh, any more details beyond it's it's Rousey? Uh, very vaguely. It's going to be taking place in Anaheim in February. Uh, it's supposed to be a, a pretty big thing. Uh, it is going to be UFC 157 on February 23rd, and it's going to be Ronda Rousey defending her title against Liz Carmouche. Okay. So take that for what you will, if you are familiar with uh, Liz Carmouche. And I'm not, but I will become familiar with her. But here's how big it is. It's dwarfing the other title, or not title, but other implication fights between Dan Henderson and Leota Machida and Uriah Faber and Ivan Menvar. Well, it should definitely be over... Favor and Menbar, but yeah, that's awesome. That's good for them. So we're, I mean, I'm excited, and uh, I th- hopefully we'll be able to get out there and catch it. And I'm, oh, you might be there, so we might be able to get some live reporting from this one. Well, let's let's downplay some real journalism. <laughs> okay, okay. She's. I just Google imaged her. Mm-hmm. She has some pretty aggressive tats, which is a great sign. <laughs> <clears throat> so that's a great sign for a female fighter. I can't tell yeah. this description. If you're rating her as a fighter or figuring out if you want a fun time on a Saturday night. No, no, no. I'm staying objective for the time being. Um, No, there is. I mean, there's obviously an aesthetics, but like I genuinely, when I see these women, it's there is a certain amount of really healthy fear. Yeah. uh, That comes from practicing a little MMA, understanding some of the more terrifying things that they're capable of. It's like, you know, it's a little easier not to objectify them as best. No, agreed. And the other part is with the cyborgs. Yeah. You're just like, what happens between them? (laughs) Just, it's terrifying. So... I'm looking forward to it, though. I, I like the card. I like the fact that they're on it. I just like the fact that they're the main event. It was time. The UFC yeah. was time. I mean, the WEC was winning on this front, and the women are good fights. Like, they're Correct. fun to watch. And I'm glad so, Dana White finally just admitted it was it was the right thing to do. Yeah, and it, yeah, me too. So, with that, we've wandered around the MMA world. We've wandered past the fights from last night. We've gotten uh, in-depth. Do you have anything else for the crowd before we start making just some shout-outs, Raph? Yeah, just a, a few kind of things to close off uh, yesterday's UFC and just, you know, whatever. Things yeah. I enjoyed is what we can call this segment. Uh, during yesterday's UFC on Fox, one thing that I enjoyed was our good friend Crankshank actually using a teleprompter. I think that's a genius idea. I didn't catch that. 
What are you talking about? He used a uh, in the post fight in the post fight conference. He actually had a guy bring like either a piece of paper or something with like the people he wanted to shout out to. I thought that was genius because if you've been punched in the head, as we've discussed here, <laughs> it's hard to really string your words together. It's hard for us to string it's our words together. It's hard to publicly speak in general. It's made harder by repetitive blows to the face. Right. Which, by the way, from both of us being uh, former speech competitors, wouldn't you like to see that? Yeah. Oh, definitely. That would be an awesome third category. I certainly want to be a part of the study <laughs> that really gets into how much it impacts you. <laughs> uh, I think the other thing that made me uh, laugh is Brown and Swick apparently had beef that dated back to MySpace. What? Apparently there was an unanswered message. Oh, from Mike Brown to Mike Swick. <laughs> I like that it dates back <laughs> so to So that was part of the Fox. That was part of the Fox like coverage where they're like, their beef dates back to MySpace and an unanswered message. No stone unturned, Fox. Nice but, work. Well, there you go, mainstream audiences. <laughs> the three point five million of you who are tuning in, maybe some of you still use the MySpace or remember it. And our good friend on the card as well, Rafael Asunico. I just want to say, I've been doing it wrong the whole time. This guy was apparently referred to as Rafael. Oh. And they kept overpronouncing the Rafael. So you want me to call show. you Hoff from now on? Is that what we're... I oh, don't, okay. not in the least. But just in case. But I think it's the funniest thing <laughs> in the world that if I do introduce myself with my full name, which is Rafael, I would probably go up to somebody and go, oh, I'm sorry, did you mean to call me Rafael? <laughs> Get that little H in there. That little H in there. Yeah. Um, and the ratings for yesterday turned out pretty good. 3.5 million. It won the night. So we're very happy to see Fox do well. And I think, uh, speaking for the fans and maybe even for yourself, if you put fight cards like this together, we're going to show up. Yeah. It was one of those things. I almost felt a, an obligation and this goes for the rest of my friends. Like you almost felt an obligation to have like a small party because it was free. It was on Fox for free. And it was like, okay, well we got to get together. We got to get drinks. We got to make steak. Uh, I got to. We were eating uh, some nicely done Brazilian steak. Nice. Yeah. Um, with the uh, with a touch of local flair for the drinks, so we were doing UFC Fight Night right, and I couldn't thank Fox more. Yeah, I really had fun. It was a good. It was uh, Kaya Prina, something like that. That was the drink. Kaya Prina. Prina. I don't know. I'm. Not fluent in Portuguese. <laughs> we'll add that to the list of things I'm not. So, feather white. Feather whites. That's gonna be a great drop. It'll just be uh, and in the feather white division. <laughs> Kevin's favorite fighters. <laughs> Thank you everyone for listening. Please find us on iTunes. Give us a star rating. Download it. Let your friends know. They also should download it and give us a star rating. Uh, if you're listening to this show, please send us some tweets. Give us some feedback. We like it. We read it. We respond. We're going to respond to your stuff. We we really enjoy that. Uh, shout out to my boy Jerry for listening. Uh, hopefully Aaron Duncan's still cleaning the house well. We want to thank yep. all of our friends. And uh, I'm really excited. This is Verbal Tap. Kevin and Raph, thanks for listening. Good night. Good fight, guys. <laughs>